Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time for TSM Press Box. Opinions, analysis, and the occasional awkward silence. Here's your host, Jonas Siegel. Hey, Press Row fans. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. The only place you should be betting on these sports is betonline.ag. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Thankfully, there's no elections right now, so you don't have to worry about that. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. Of course, they have a 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag. Welcome back. Another episode in the press row. A uh, gorgeous Saturday morning here in uh, King County just outside the, the great city of Seattle. It's uh, good to be back on the air. It was off for a little while. Had a, uh, we'll talk about this in a minute, had a weird experience with our last guest, but uh, happy to be joined by an individual who I've never met, um, but I'm proud to say that he was podcast guest number one. Uh, and he joined me back before there was even such a thing as a podcast. We used a piece of technology back then called TalkShoe. Um, and it was literally just a radio interview. Um, he was writing for the Globe and Mail. I think we figured out this morning that it was back in March 3rd, 2009, when Matthew Sakaris, then of the Globe and Mail, uh, joined us to, to sit down and talk. And I'll be honest. Uh, Steve McAllister, who's been on the pod n- numerous times, heard that I was trying to do something interesting, made this recommendation to one of his writers, and yada, 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 here we are, what is that, uh, 10, 12 years 12 later? years ago. 12 years later, here we are. Matthew, how are you? Uh, Joe and I, very well. Uh, first of all, amazing to connect with you all these years Later, Steve McAllister was my boss at one time in the Globe and Mail and, and, and sent this Ontario boy out to BC in December 2007, where I've been since. So also amazing that we're both in the same corner of the world here, my friend. Sounds like a better day in King County than it is in uh, <laughs> downtown Vancouver. And the other thing is, uh, boy, you've come a long way, baby. Uh, I, I can't believe uh, that a podcast that started with little OB would have the momentum to be up and going 12 years later. But I think that's a testament and a credit um, to, you You know, the little niche you found here uh, in the broadcast and digital space world. I'm a big follower of your work and pleased to be back on with you again, my friend. Well, it, it's great to have you. And uh, another another piece of irony in that, the last person kind of in the chair was Andrew Walker. Um, little did I think he or I know that uh, he would be facing the same fate that, that you and many others. I mean, the difference being of obviously that your entire station got whacked. Uh, they just shuffled chairs at theirs. Uh, first of all, most importantly, how are you and how are your family doing? Everything okay, both in the corona and in the professional yeah. world? We're, uh, you know, for the longest time, Jonah, we would be asked that question. I'd say, look, I'm safe. I'm healthy. I'm employed. It's a short checklist in the COVID world. And I was fortunate enough to go three for three for many, many months there. I'm two for three right now, but we're working on the employment. We're launching a new venture that we're going to talk about here. Uh, needless to say, BC's back in the soup again here with the variant. We had a thousand caseload the other day. Um, so, you know, we're just homebodies, uh, trying to stay safe, trying to stay healthy and working on my, my little project. Uh, amazing though, that I go back to back here with Walker, because I, I think it's pretty fair to say that Vancouver and BC's lower mainland has turned into sports talk radio in Canada's ground zero right now. The reckoning is happening here, right? So when I talk to Walker, we, we talk quite a bit about, um, the marketplace there. So clearly it's Canucks, 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 
and then there's a bit of a fall off and and we're going to talk we're going to have an, a healthy debate about the Canadian Football League one of your great passions um, okay but you know your station was winning. Um, it, it's not yes. very often that the station that's winning rolls over and plays dead. Um, yeah. How bizarre. Yeah. Um, very bizarre and contributed to the surprise of everything. Um, you know, as I said to my former boss, uh, you know, I'm not sure there's any program director out there who has, you know, format changed with a seven share <laughs> and beating the competition, which is where 1040 was at the end. Our show was at an eight share. Um, so, but the other thing, Jonah, is comforting that, you know, you knew it wasn't performance, right? You knew it was corporate appetite. You knew it was shifting priorities, more so than it was a, a reflection of your work, or at least that's that's what I've been able to tell myself over these last two months. Um, but I think it's also indicative, you know, needless to say, that there are some sort of tectonic plates that are shifting below the Canadian media landscape. Hey, Press Row fans, March Madness is just around the corner, which means all eyes are going to be focused on the hardwood, especially as we get ready for NBA playoffs as well, which means sneakers are going to be the rage. Everyone's going to want them. Why not head to our latest sponsor, eBay, to get your latest sneaker fix? They have an authenticity guarantee that allows you to buy these sneakers on a marketplace that you can trust. Each sneaker receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. It protects sellers with a verified return process as well. If you're a seller, eBay has eliminated all selling fees on sneakers that are over 100 bucks, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today ebay is the world's best destination for discovering great value unique selection go buy or sell your sneakers today so let's dive into that um listen radio radio is under attack in in enduring transformation if you will before covid covid comes along and the vast majority of folks if not all of them stop doing this thing called commuting Yes. work correct um you know tesla just released their their most recent numbers on how many cars they've put out it's a staggering number i don't have it here in front of me um but not one of those cars has an am radio so in order to get traditional sports talk radio you'd have to have like tune in or something yeah. built in in those vehicles so what yeah. and the irony jonah there's a Tesla dealership right beside the Bell Media building in downtown <laughs> Vancouver at the corner of Robson and Burrard. They look so, pretty quiet over the pandemic, but, um, you know, we would, uh, I mean, it was a ghost town here on the streets of a major city during the pandemic. You're right about the changes that were going on with radio before the pandemic. And I would suggest mm-hmm. the pandemic has accelerated those. And uh, commuting is a huge one. Terrestrial radio has forever relied on that morning and afternoon rush hour that you have in the big cities. That's one of the reasons uh, it has been such a successful format. You've got a captive audience that are in their car that are one button away from your frequency and your product. And in a work from home uh, environment, which I do think is going to be one of the legacies of this pandemic, and I'm not necessarily sure we know how broad it is just yet, but I do think it's going to be significant enough to be consequential for radio. Um, You know, that brings about some pretty significant concerns. Also, as you mentioned, the technology is facilitating Uh, whether it's satellite radio or podcast platforms of all other sorts of listening within these cars that we didn't have available to us previously. Uh, And then I would add, there's an even another layer burden, if you will, on top of sports talk radio. And that is what are radio rights really worth these days in a world where there are so many screens everywhere um, who is in fact consuming the game on radio like in the old days. So, you know, if the radio rights of your big sports teams, even a big sports team like the Toronto Blue Jays, for heck's sake, 
um, don't have a ton of traction. And I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that that's pandemic related this year, because as somebody who grew up on Tom and Jerry, I, I sure hope it comes back. Um, you know, so if you don't have value in those radio rights, it's harder to anchor a sports talk radio station to those rights uh, and continue delivering the type of coverage and product that the sports media consumer in Canada has been accustomed to. So I'm going to be hopeful and provide two anecdotes of what I consider to be good news. So good. the first, the first, I like hope. so the first is um, I can tell you driving in and around King County uh, the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, we have this weird phenomenon both in the morning and late afternoon called traffic. Um, yes. <laughs> I was, I've experienced I, it, my friend, coming in for the weekend many a time. No, no, but I'm telling you right now, it's happening again now. So Good. what used to take literally five to seven minutes to go somewhere, we're back up to 30. Um, as much as I hate traffic, that's actually a really good sign. Uh, I lied. I have three pieces of good news. So I, on that same notice of traffic, I spent some time in Tampa Bay over the last couple of weeks and in Kansas City. And both those places had the same phenomenon where things that should have taken five to seven minutes because everyone was working from home were taking 30 minutes again. So, so people are driving again. I can only assume given the morning and afternoon that that is work related. Um, my daughter took me to the airport very early last Wednesday morning and it took her, you know, five to seven minutes to get to the airport down on the way back as people were coming into Seattle. It took 45 minutes bumper to bumper. That to me, that's yeah. a good sign. That's a good thing. Oh, oh. Um, so that's one piece of good news. The second piece of good news is that um, I think that we are, you know, I'm not saying we're out of it, but I was watching Seattle News here yesterday and they were interviewing these very strange things in our city called tourists. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of these things, but they were interviewing people who were up from San Francisco coming to see the Giants play the Mariners. Well, that, my friend, is an incredibly positive sign. So yeah. if people are getting on airplanes or cars and are coming in to stay at hotels and eat at things called restaurants to go to these things that we once used to do called baseball games, that's a yeah. really optimistic sign. Um, the third one is that I have an 18 year old who is a addicted to listening to overdrive and he now gets overdrive on his podcast uh, player and he gets into he's, he uses Spotify I believe every day and whenever yeah. he's going into the car because he works or to school he's catching up on the day before or the current day's overdrive so th that to me tells us that the younger audience does want to consume engaging funny interesting sports content those to me Matt, are three really good signs sitting here on April yeah. 3rd that I hope are encouraging. And that, and that third piece of good news is most encouraging to me as somebody who's moving his show into the digital uh, space, the Carison Price. And uh, we're going to be making an announcement here on Sunday, Jonah, about when we're going live as a daily presentation and we'll have a website and app and all that for people to follow on the travel side. We're certainly not as advanced. I would argue in Canada as you're what you're seeing in the United States uh, right now, this is the Easter weekend. And, you know, we've been told here in British Columbia, don't travel, right? Not even within your province, let alone uh, going about the country as tourists. Uh, I had heard some encouraging things about the Vancouver commute as well. Encouraging again in quotations, uh, traffic wise, uh, it's getting back to terrible. Uh, although for, you know, those of us who exist in a radio world or in a uh, audio presentation world, that would certainly be helpful. Um, you know, I'm hopeful too. I think we see the finish line in sight. I sure hope we see the finish line in, in sight, but you're right. There have been some, um, uh, there have been some uh, truths exposed over this pandemic about where so, we where we all are in the media so world. You, so you've now been doing podcasts. Yes. 
your own, not we, just not just these ones. Yes. What's the biggest difference for you? Well, certainly the time element, Jonah, is one that you have to get accustomed to. We got caught this week because right now we're just doing podcasts, not a daily live presentation. We got caught this week discussing the Canucks uh, COVID outbreak, and it is now a full-blown outbreak. Uh, late in the afternoon, where within a few hours, there was some new information uh, on the status of uh, positive tests. And so immediately that little piece of the podcast was outdated. Now, again, we're doing podcasts right now because that's what we're able to do. And that's what's working for us from a promotional point of view. We've got to get all our ducks in order. But that's why we conceived of the new show we're doing as a daily live presentation. Like that was the expectation of our audience. That was the expectation of the BC sports consumer for the near decade that we were on TSN or Team 1040. And that's what we're going to be reviving. So it's a little bit of a different uh, scenario uh, than many others. And uh, let me tell you, uh, you know, like we needless to say, have to go through some business and legal steps to get all of this done. And, you know, we've even been told from a legal standpoint and drafting contract, like there is not a whole lot of precedent to what we're doing here, that this is really a new sort of shift into the digital uh, space for our show, but also such a nascent industry um, compared to, you know, what you and I and everyone grew up with. So I'm trying to be respectful. Um, sure. So, so you're going to be producing a live radio, a, a live streaming yep. content show. Correct. Akin Correct. to like, well, you know, Clubhouse is on fire right now. I'm not sure if you've been asked to attend one or to use one or what have you. I mean, that's basically what you're talking about. Um, so, yeah. So Toronto has Saga 960, I believe it's called. Yeah, and Bob McCallum. Yeah, and and I think Mike Richards is on that as well. I think. Oh, yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah. Now, yeah. is that a like if you're in the car driving around, can you tune to AM nine? Like, is that a real radio station as well as being able to, to stream it live at the same time? The Mississauga station. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not familiar. Uh, okay. What I know about our show is yeah. that it is going to be on all live streaming platforms. We are going to have a website with a listen live button that makes it easy peasy for your yeah. traditional sports talk radio audience that just wants that. Eventually, Jonah will have an app built out uh, so you can listen via an app. And eventually, uh, we're going to be a live video streaming presentation as well and uh hopefully even beyond that have a live sort of in the flesh uh experience okay so uh, with the program okay so i get all of that but here's the question as, as we've learned um live is fantastic but yeah. the ability to watch it or consume it when we want how we want where we want yeah. on what we want is equally yeah. i assume that those episodes will be available after the fact as well Oh, of course. Yes. They'll okay. all be packaged and podcast within probably 15, 20 minutes of each hour right. gotcha. being completed. So people will have the on-demand capacity uh, and, are you, are and, you... and it's all going to be cataloged there for people okay. to go and pull up. Yeah. And are you going to be doing this in your same old time slot, the drive home time slot? Yep. Yep. Okay. It's going to be at three to 6 PM. Awesome. Good for you. Um, yeah. yeah. Listen, like I think that's the model right like i don't really well, I hope so no no but like listen whether it's whether it's brunton blair and deitch or i think the morning show takes the most abuse in the digital age to be completely honest um yeah. morning drive i think is exceptionally hard because it is entirely based on people being in the car and they want in my opinion they want a recount of what happened overnight with a preview of what's going to happen during the day. And sometimes there's not enough contact. So they need to mix in a little bit of broader entertainment, you know, social commentary, if you will. Yep. And that makes it difficult. Whereas the drive home, you have a lot of things to react to because there's always a story of the day, even if not local, certainly national. Yeah. 
So, um, Jonah, in our individual situation, right, because yep. we have certain nuances and specifics to our previous show and to our market and to our new show. 3 to 6 p.m. Pacific is, of course, starts at 6 p.m. Eastern. Yep. Most beautiful. of the day's news is already in at that point. Yep. I mean, I've been doing Vancouver radio in different blocks for some time. So from 3 to 6 p.m., a lot, most of the, all the news back east is in. Most of our news in the Pacific time zone is that you're building up and ramping up to mostly 7 p.m. Pacific starts here for the Canucks at Rogers Arena. But of course, 6 p.m. starts when they're in Calgary and Edmonton, which they most often are in a usual uh, NHL season with, us- with the usual NHL uh, schedule. Now, the, the other thing that's at, at play here, right, is, um, you know, Blake and I had a significant backing both public and in the business community for many a year here in the PM drive spot on TSN 1040. Um, what happened on February 9th when that station changed format created a significant you know, community wounds here because the sports consumer of BC and Vancouver looked at it and said, wait a second, this was a 20 year institution. This was part of my routine uh, and a decision that's being made you know, far far abroad that this is no longer something that I get to consume that's created a groundswell of support for us so you know we know we're very fortunate that we're going at this with a head start we already have an audience we already have a brand that's recognizable here but we also have significant backing from the community here uh the business community a business community that realizes that this is an opportunity to tie themselves to something that's by the community for the community in the wake of a you know for some a traumatic event and here's the brilliance and that is that no no i'm serious and i hope whoever you're working with is helping you with this um yes and i'll take off my my hobby podcast and put on my business hat. No, I'm. This is this is important because the number one difference that you now enjoy is reliable data and reporting and analytics. That's You're correct. No, you, yeah. you are no longer relying on yeah. the pterodactyl that yes. is Numeris. And correct. On a instant, like mm-hmm. live and instant basis, you can report back to people. This is our audience. This is the age. This is how long they're listening. This is how often they come back. Um, that is very valuable demographic information that you can use to give yeah. back to that business community to, to enhance and grow their audience. Yeah. We're also, Jonah, able to have a much more intimate experience with our sponsors because they are more likely to be local businesses that we can reach out and touch. That's right. Particularly at the end of the pandemic, right? Um, I'm glad you said what you said about Numeris. It was one of my great frustrations as a sports talk radio host over the last 10 years. Um, You know, there were books that I, you know, like I, sit there and, and question uh, there are times that i wonder how anybody with a stats degree would put their name to what was coming out uh, of numeris i thought it completely underrepresented sports talk uh radio for me oftentimes the panels were insufficient to even get uh representative uh data you're quite right that our associates on the advertising side of our show are speaking to that sort of specific and targeted data and and analytics that they're able to bring back to our sponsors which i think is going to be useful but you know that was the thing i always said when i was at terrestrial radio like we live in this world of big data and be able being able to specifically drill down and mind consumer likes tastes and all those things and I didn't necessarily feel like the format uh, was at hand in, in terrestrial radio. And like, that's in a market like Vancouver, Jonah, as you know, the lower down, you know, the smaller markets you go, uh, I would suggest it gets even harder and harder to represent what the actual radio audience is. So um, I'm very encouraged to hear you say the things you say, because, you know, I respect the heck out of your opinion in this space. So, you know, I, I hope we've got it right what i know about the digital spaces it's it's forever in a state of flux and change so you know we'll try and be attuned to that respective uh, of that 
Um, but so far, it has been very, very encouraging in response. Well, I'll tell you that to me, what we're about to see with Numeris is akin to watching the taxi industry yeah. lack, lack of response to Uber. And yeah. you had, you had at a high level, I don't know what the name of the companies are in Vancouver, but in Toronto, it's Beck and Co-op and whatever. And, yeah. and whatever they are all through the United States, basically saying, yeah, we don't care about technology. We bought our, we bought our licenses. We don't care about customer experience. We're going to continue to hose people because they've done it this way for a million years and nothing's going to change. And all of a sudden out of the blue, Somebody says, "Man, we're not going to we're, we're not going to put up with that anymore. We're going to launch. We're going to empower people to yeah. use their cars as taxis, utilizing the the devices in their homes." And what happens? All of a sudden, the taxis realize that their asset is worthless, and customers don't want to go in those disgusting cabs anymore. They're not going to get hosed anymore. And this this is something that was very preventable. And I think. Numeris is going to go the way of the taxi. I don't know about you, but pre-corona, I hadn't been in, in an actual taxi cab yeah. um, in years, like three to five years. Um, and well, I, think, I, think New, I think Numeris is going to go the same way. Yeah, you guys, I know you guys didn't allow Uber. Uh, one of my veins of my job. Well, we, we eventually did, Jonah, and it, was just, it showed how powerful the taxi lobby was here in Vancouver and BC. It was single-handedly the worst taxi city in Canada. I mean, I grew up in Ottawa, you know, spent many years in Montreal and Toronto. I was accustomed to, if you're downtown, you get a cab, cab on demand. Rainy Friday night in Vancouver, you can wait 15 minutes for a taxi at a downtown hotel. It was just insane. Like it was just not a customer. It was just not, um, a, as you say, a customer experience, but you know, just demand was not being met. So um, yeah, I mean, it's not my fight anymore, my friend. Uh, no, but that's so that's no, that's I'm interested to see how others go about it. Well, I think that uh, I think your ability, I think your brand brings in the audience. I think that if you've got the right people around you on the data side and reporting side, the ability to get that in advertisers' hands quickly in a meaningful way, uh, is, is pioneering. I'm, I'm serious because if you're going to be doing this five days a week live and I'm, I'm making air quotes whatever live means and, and, and i'll be honest with you live is good it's the after you know you nobody with the exception of sports and news nobody watches live tv anymore so the, the yeah. more interesting numbers from nielsen on on reporting on tv is you know what are the pvr numbers so with you guys i think it's going to be what are those what are those downloads what are those streams but yeah. instantly and quickly, you're going to have um, access to data like you've never had before. And if you start thinking about even things like a female audience, you know, which is which is never captured, uh, nobody ever talks about the female demographic in sports radio. You're actually going to know uh, actual demographic information on women. And if you're going to bring in a female yeah. broadcaster or a female uh, marketing partner, you're going to have really good demographic information as to who they are. Not specifically one yeah. by one, but you know, yeah. demographic, postal code, et cetera. And I would get that. I would get that question from my girlfriend and my mom and all my female friends, Jonah, like when you report your numbers and you say male 18 or male 24, uh, where are we? What, you know, why don't, <laughs> why don't we count? You know, right down to the point where, like, I did actually, um, you know, investigate over my years in terrestrial radio, the cumulative and, you know, all listing categories. And you could see how dramatically just how a small number of female panelists could uh, could alter the overall numbers. So, no, you're, you're quite right. This is allowed. This allows for much more specificity uh, in terms of, of data and understanding listeners and audience. Uh, well, that I've been accustomed to. At well, least. I'll, get, I'll make you drool in that the next iteration is going to be, no, I'm serious. The next iteration will be the ability to customize your ads to your audience so that six people listening to streams are going to hear six different ads based on who they are, where they are, when they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the, the Google ad in audio will come shortly because of what you guys are doing. And I think that's where it gets really, really exciting. So that your girlfriend listening to the show uh, yeah. will, will get a very different ad than three guys. And then three guys of varying age groups will get a different ad, even though you're not doing anything different when you produce the content. Well, now you've got me making notes in my little book, Jonah. So there you go. Now you're <laughs> contributing to this experience as well. Thank you. My awesome. Friend. So here's a question for you. I mean, one of the benefits that you had being part of the mothership in yep. terms of guests, which are important, yep. um, easy access. Yep. Uh, is that going to be the same? Like, can you get Ray Ferraro on your show? Is that a problem? The access hasn't been as easy yet. Um, the good news is I'm, Blake and I are both 20 years in the business, so we have large networks of friends and contacts in the uh, business. Yeah, you're right that there are some people and some employers who are going to have to decide whether they want to play nicely uh, with us. I would suggest to you that one of the two media telecoms at play isn't really talking to British Columbians right now outside of a few minutes on a sports center or maybe a live broadcast of one of the local teams here. It is the second biggest English language market in the country, but I can understand if there are people and debates and discussions, we sure have them too and show set up about the digital space and where it's going and, you know, um, whether or not you want to be collaborators and allies. I will say this, Jonah, um, uh, it has been a little bit amazing to me as somebody whose degree is in journalism and mass communications and who spent 20 years in the traditional media world, um, just how much the digital space values collaboration over exclusivity. Because the traditional media world was you're exclusive to us, and that's that, and walls are put up, and TSN guys don't go on Rogers, and Rogers guys don't go on TSN and my experience with the digital space to, to date has been, hey, collaboration and cross promotion floats all boats. So we're gonna take full advantage of that. We're gonna do our utmost to bring about the best roster and lineup of guests weekly and daily that we can. We've already been joined by a couple of substantial voices here in Vancouver on the Canucks with Jeff Patterson, our old colleague from 1040 was a traveling beat reporter, much the Howard Berger role from yeah. the Fan 590. For years, Jeff was engaged in that. Thomas Drance of The Athletic, who's been a leading voice, and we'll have some more coming out. I would suspect that, you know, availability to us will something, uh, guest availability to us will be something that's in flux going forward. I would hope that more and more people want to get on board as we prove the concept a little bit more. But, you know, the other thing, Jonah, about uh, a multi-hour sports talk radio presentation is it is really anchored by the hosts. The hosts are the ones that have to drive the discussion, the content, the laughs, the thinks, the, you know, shaking mm -hmm. your fist, emoting. Um, and, you know, Blake and I have been doing that for 10 years. So, you know, we have a fair bit of faith that we're going to be able to we're going to be able to continue to do that, even if we don't have necessarily the same uh, guests that were available to us. Uh, in mainstream media. So I listen, I, I know nothing. We haven't talked about this. So I, I would assume, I'd like to assume that Bell talent is fair game. There is no, you're not competing with the mother station. There, there's nobody there. There's no competition. So your ability to get TSN talent should be straightforward. Rogers, I understand. Rogers has a station in the market. You can be, I think you would be delighted and thrilled to be called competition um, yeah seeing how you haven't started so, yet jonah that would have been my expectation as well going into this what i've come to learn is that there might be different and i'm going to be honest with you buddy all this is still in flux right now like as okay. we speak like it, it is quite possible that i get off the phone with you and there's a note on this Okay. Um, uh, certainly TSN and Bell Media is not competing with us in an editorial or content space right now. Yep. You'll have to ask them whether they believe we are a competition in the market to them. Um, I, Rogers may have a, a, and Sportsnet may have a totally different take on that. Um, 
I'm hesitant to go fully into the details of all this, my friend, because like I said, it is still right now under negotiation. But I would really, really hope um, that we can have collaboration with both of them in time and that both of them will see the value of that collaboration with us. Yeah, well, one of my most favorite bosses when I was much younger, I had more hair and the hair that I had was less gray, uh, used to say, you can't suck and blow at the same time. And yep. I, I, I would say to the folks at Bell and TSN, you abandon the marketplace. You don't have a competitive landscape. These guys are actually trying to deliver a product to an audience. Um, I, I go so far as almost to say, are you just going to completely cede to the competition? Like that seems very bizarre to me. So having your personalities go somewhere is better than having them go nowhere. And they will be introduced as blah, blah from TSN, blah, blah from, you know, whatever. And getting those people out there is going to drive audience and yes. uh, shame on that. No, seriously, shame on them. If they restrict any of their people from appearing wow. on you, on your show, uh, because as I said, it'd be one thing if you guys personally got fired and were told mm -hmm. your services are no longer needed and the station continued, they walked mm -hmm. away from the market. So you, you can't suck and blow. Yeah. You can't say, so let me just enter. It is too early in the day to be shaming anybody. Jonah. Okay. Okay. Like, like I said, uh, it's my word. It's my words, not yours. This is, let's be clear. Yeah, this absolutely. is, this, this is my no, editorial, no, not enough, yours. What I'm just saying is, uh, what, what I'm just saying is these are still early days. Um, so let's let this play out a little bit more and see what more, uh, what more, um, what more we can, you know, what, just what level of cooperation is there. The second thing I will say, um, you're talking about entering the space to cross promote. Did you not have that with 1040? Like, would that not have been part of the consideration, part of this discussion before the format change was agreed to? Because, you know, the ESPN radio model, and I don't think it was too, too dissimilar here, is one of the reasons you set up these stations and they are expensive to produce, Jonah. Like that part is 100% correct is that there is amazing cross-promotional opportunity there, not just with your sports products, but with your other products uh, as well. So I would like to think that there has been some degree of calculation on that already. The thing that I think might be complicating this is a realization of where you are in the digital space and a strategy in terms of where you want to be in the digital space going forward yeah listen and I, as we know there can be a lot of voices involved in those sorts of decisions when you're talking a bit about big corporations big conglomerates right i believe that what i love about the athletic is that it's found a way to survive right now and i don't know what long-term longevity looks like by putting together a model I will use the S word that shame on the other media outlets for not figuring out themselves. There yeah. is no reason why the Globe and Mail, the Toronto Star, the, the Toronto Sun National Post, Post Media could not have figured out something like the athletic model. Um, I, I, I believe that the opportunity could have existed for Bell Media to keep 1040 in a podcast digital streaming mode only and still get the benefit of, of talent like yourselves and, and keep an audience and actually be leaders and try and grow something as opposed to rolling over and playing dead in certain markets. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be really interesting uh, to watch McCowan at his age become a pioneer in this because that's what they're going to do <laughs> yep. with guys like you trying to prove out a different model a la the athletic and look like Dan Lebetard's doing the same thing. Yeah. Just, just South of us yeah. down in Vegas. I think he's, I think he, well, I think he's moving to Vegas. I thought he was oh, moving, is he to, moving Vegas. to Vegas. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's funny, Jonah, because uh, my background is as a print reporter. I worked for, uh, for Metro dailies in this country. 
Uh, and I want to shout out an old boss of mine. Um, Scott Anderson was the editor-in-chief of the Ottawa Citizen when I worked there for five years. And um, years later, he went on to work for Prime Minister Harper's communications department. And uh, they came through town here in Vancouver. Oh, gosh, this is probably 11, 12 years ago, something like that. And I was sitting around with Scott and with Beverly Wake, who was my former boss, his former sports editor and former um, sports editor across Post Media. That's a lot uh, of Adam Cobb have, What's that? Yeah. That's a lot of formers. Go on. Um, so we're sitting, at, we're sitting at, a, at a pub having a drink. And, um, you know, Scott says to us, we've got, you know, the industry is full of all these incredibly talented people who are expert storytellers. We just got to get out of the distribution business. Mm -hmm. And I, I've thought back on that comment for a long time. And of course, the distribution business and newspapers, uh, particularly more so back then, was these enormously expensive printing presses, right? And this enormously, enormously expensive distribution operation with trucks and delivery folk and all and all of that. So if the greater point is that uh, traditional mainstream media has been slower to react, resting on laurels to some degree of the models that had served them so well uh, for so many years, um, that is absolutely a view that I think uh, we can be in lockstep on that I share. Well, we have uh, NHL playoffs. Well, we have an NHL trade deadline coming up. Um, various major league baseball spring training has ended baseball season is underway um <laughs> games getting canceled left and right teams going through corona issues left and right um the nfl draft i believe is in a couple of weeks following some major yep. trades the seattle kraken are starting to get regular coverage which is going to be really interesting for both our markets yeah and then we have this little thing called the XFL um, yes. doing a dosey -si do, if you will, with the CFL. Now I'm going to duck when I say this and I, I, I will put this out there. <laughs> I, I, no, no, but, but hear me out. Cause I don't understand it. Cause I, I can't explain it. I grew up going to exhibitions stadium to watch the Toronto Argonauts. Um, I watched Theismann. I watched, Conridge Holloway, I watched uh, Joe, Bar I think his name was Joe Barnes. Like, Joe I remember Barnes. I remember watching CFL football back in the day. I, I remember going to games. Uh, it was awesome. It was all we yeah. had, and it was fantastic. So, so that is in my roots. I am telling you that is in my roots. I remember being in Montreal when the Toronto Argonauts drafted or somehow signed rocket ismail i was in the very famous ben's deli may she rest in peace uh having been at a canadians game when that news broke so i, I am not I, I get painted as being anti-cfl and i'm not i don't understand and we don't have enough time to dive into why it went south so quickly especially in in a market like toronto but it has um i've argued two things and, and i'll duck when i say them one I think that the league would be better off without a team in Toronto. I think that the CFL doesn't have a, like they've proven they've, they, unless they go a hundred percent sizzle, zero percent stake to try and gain that youth audience back some way, somehow they should give up mm -hmm. on Toronto or here it comes. You ready? Yeah. Just, just become the minor league to the NFL. Cause that, that there is a market out there to be triple a, to the NFL. Um, I think that the CFL... Oh, I'd say a couple of things. Go ahead. Uh, I'd say a couple of things. And you can yell uh, at me and, and tell me I'm ignorant. No, no, Jonah, 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 no, no, no. Um, I'm not sure there is a television enterprise in this country that can be successful while swearing off the Toronto market. Okay. It is just proportionally too large to say we're going to do a television show for the rest of Canada, but nobody in Toronto will get it. Uh, my understanding is those CFL broadcast contracts because Jonah, in my previous life, I covered an Ottawa team that failed. And so the question was, what is the 
uh, upshot on those television contracts. I, I can't imagine those contracts would be what they would be worth or even in play if the Toronto market did not have some degree of presence. On minor league, I'm open to the discussion. I, like you, agree that this may well be a fulcrum for the Canadian Football League, a turning point brought about by the pandemic. But let's face it, a uh, 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 struggles going into the pandemic without the younger demographic relying on too old an audience. But what does that mean, sir? Does that mean four downs in the compressed field? Are you asking I, me? Uh, yes, yes. What, what does an NFL minor league? It's so going to be four downs in the compressed field, right? So, like so, so I'm going to so ask you a question. And, and, and again, I, I am, I'm, not a, I'm not an antagonist, but I am not a fan. To me, if, if you could grow the game, and, and, and guarantees a, a strange word, but if you could enhance its longevity and its success, by sure. making it the the minor league, so that when the NFL draft comes this week and guys yeah. don't make the, the the parent team, but they can have a minor league affiliation with a CFL yeah. team, but in order to do that, they have to go to NFL rules. Is that yeah. the worst thing in the world? So here's the first thing I'd say, Jonah. The discussion at hand is with the XFL, not the right. NFL. Is that not telling? hundred percent, right? Of um, I'm led to believe, I'm led to believe by many people okay. that the NFL doesn't want to be the one to suggest the death of the CFL. Yeah, that and they that's don't, fair. They don't want to be the, the killer of yeah. how many years of history and tradition. Yeah. That is right. not, that doesn't serve them at all. Correct. And Jonah, the NFL has been many times over its history and engagement with the CFL, a nurturing older brother. Yep. Now, once upon a time, I think there was also an antitrust interest there from the National Football League because the CFL was the only other place you could play field football across this world. Um, here's what I'll say about going to four downs in the compressed field. And this is where sort of my nerddom as a football X's and O's guy is driving me. If you're telling me the CFL needs investment. It needs to think bigger and go about finding, again, another round of U.S. expansion uh, with the current game as we know it. That's an idea I can get behind. Here's my problem with four downs in the compressed field, Jonah. You do not have access to the best 50 quarterbacks in the world. The throwing windows in the 11-man game on the compressed field are extremely small. There is a small margin of error for the quarterback. The ball has to get there almost instantly, and decisions have to be made quickly in the pocket. If you do not have access to the best 50 people in the world at doing that, and the Canadian Football League or any henceforth XFL-CFL merger, if you're dealing with the quarterback pool that you got, suddenly the game becomes a lot less aesthetically pleasing and entertaining on the offensive side because you don't have quarterbacks who can consistently make the types of throws that make the NFL game so exciting and engaging. So to wit, I would say you're far more the expert than me, mm -hmm. but I would argue isn't the best way to get there to offer a place for those kids to develop, to grow those skills, to become that. And, and there are going to be, how many rounds of draft are there in the NFL? Seven. Okay. So that's 200 and something players are drafted every yep. year. What percentage yeah, of those make, which, what percentage of those actually make it to the NFL? And I don't know. There is a case for development of that. Jonah. So all I'm saying uh, is. But what I would argue is it is the single most difficult position to play in all of sports. The people who do it well have to have this extraordinarily broad skill set to have success. The NFL, through all its history, I think you could argue in any given year, does not have 32 people who are capable of doing this at a level of expertise that makes it enthralling to, uh, to a spectator public. Um, so 
I just wonder um, whether or not the player pool at that specific position, which of course is the maestro mm -hmm. to the whole game, will ever be deep enough to get to a point uh, where you're looking at a comparable product, CFL slash XFL, vis-a-vis NFL. So I, I can't disagree. I, from my, my two cents is one, with the exception of a few select states, the ability to get kids to play football is declining for a whole host of yes. reasons. Yes. If you can actually give kids a degree of hope uh, of actually making it to play professionally where the top is such a far reach. I think that's a good thing Two, I think that again, I have the Toronto mentality guilty, guilty as charged. I would rather see <clears throat> the next wave of up and comers develop and then watch them turn into as Warren moon did as Doug Flutie did. I mean, you know, better than me, but I would yep. rather swallow on quality a little bit to watch players develop, to go to the big leagues, uh, mm -hmm. than not be able to see them at all. And, and, and that's my well, fear. I think you've got door A or door B. It, well, in the sports talk radio world, Jonah, that makes you a P1, right? And they're looking for a little broader, softer uh, fan audience. Let me ask you this, my friend. Mm -hmm. Who's the most successful minor league organization on the North American continent? most successful minor league i have no idea my point exactly how often has minor league been successful from a marketing media and attendance standpoint in canada and the united states oh, you can find examples the vancouver canadians here uh which are now single a affiliate of the blue jays but we're short season amazing they do five thousand six thousand people a game they're sold out most of their year I experienced that once upon a time with the AAA Ottawa Lynx when they were new. The Manitoba Moose had that going on for themselves when the Winnipeg Jets were dormant. But you show me the minor leagues that have been consistently successful at putting people in the gate and getting people watching on television. Well, so, so that listen, I think I, I worked in the IHL. I worked for the Detroit Vipers and, and we had, 15, 20,000 people at games all the time. I don't know what our yeah. TV numbers were. I mean, the, the yeah. AHL... But it wasn't are, sustainable, right? Like, no, but... The sustainability but that, of that the year a, after but, year, but, decade but, after decade. I know, but like the AHL exists. Certain minor league baseball teams do okay. Um, I don't know the numbers, but like the Lansing Lugnuts come to mind. Like, But again, that's about selling interaction. You would have access to players... Um, I, I'm not here to, to, to cheer on or root for the death. All I'm saying is, yeah. in my stupid opinion, I would much rather give a little bit on culture and history if it meant, yeah. if it meant viability. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Um, so what do you, so yeah. quickly, because we're mean, almost out of time. Been instructive, if there had been instructive examples of people doing it over the years, uh, I, I would be more aligned with your position. But, you know, like, look, the CFL never positioned itself as minor league. It, never. It's nope. different than the NFL. Correct. It's inferior. We all know that there are guys playing the CFL. Would make it's it different. It's Nobody just diff it's different. I don't think it's inferior. Um, just it's a different product. It's just different. Uh, college, ba uh, college basketball and college football. Again, how are they promoted? How are they marketed? What are you selling them? You're selling inclusion to a club, right? Like I'm Bama football or I'm Duke basketball, whatever the case may be. Very good product, but it's positioned as amateur athletics. I don't think we have the sort of example of a pro league or team over time that has been able to market and position itself as minor league, as feeder or development uh, and been a big commercial success. The other thing I'd say about the CFL as an NFL minor league Okay, so is this now a specifically a developmental league? Like, are, are we so uh, attuned to this young quarterback and developing him that he's going to drop back and throw the ball 50, 45, 50 times, even if he's not succeeding at doing it for the benefit of reps? Because that's how coaches think. Uh, I've been around a lot of football coaches in my <laughs> life. They are very, very concerned with reps. 
So if, if we're looking at the CFL as a developmental league uh, and not a competitive go out, let's try and win the Grey Cup, boy, uh, Jonah, That's different. beyond no, no. just the history and tr- tradition, I think more would be lost. But listen, I, I, I think they, I think the CFL has one massive advantage going forward if they can figure this out, and 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 that's gambling. So yep. legalization of gambling could change everything for them. Yes. Yep. If they do it right, and if they find a way to embrace it and promote the hell out of it as a viable betting vehicle. So I'll just I'll, let's leave this because. I know you're very passionate about it. And again, I will say this again. I am not against the league. Well, I have hey, no issues Jonah. with the league. And by the way, I think what it does in other markets beyond Toronto is fantastic. I watch what happens in Saskatchewan and BC and Calgary um, in Vancouver. Like I watch that and it is, it's as passionate there as watching an Alabama college football yeah. game. Uh, and, that's, and that is, Awesome. And I love that. Jonah, let's resurrect this discussion when we have more information on what were the conditions at play for Randy Ambrosi and his governors when he entered into whatever he entered in with the XFL. And we have a little bit more detail about what's to come. So do you have any, so what's your best guess? What's, what's best? What do you think is going to happen? So, you know, if you were asking me for my best guess right now, I am the CFL had franchises that didn't want to finance 2021. The XFL stepped in with their partners and some money to finance it. And some concessions have been made for a 2022 merger. That's my best guess. I'd love to hear that reported, though, in detail. Tell me what merger means. Well, I think merger does mean four downs in the compressed field, the 11 man game. I don't think I agree with Brunt. I heard Brunt talking about this on uh, the Fan 590. Um, you know, they're not getting involved to play three down football. The Rock has said as much. One of the Redbird guys has said as much. Um, so, you know, uh, some of the breadcrumbs are there already. Uh, the part of the story that I think is very important for, for, for people like me who have been fans and poured so much time in the Canadian Football League over the years is what were the conditions at play? Did you have no other choice? Were you at death's door? Because if you were, fine. I'd prefer something to nothing. But if you just sold out 150 years of Canadian football tradition and, and uh, history because you got in the room with the rock and you smelled what he was cooking as a marketer, I, I'd have a bigger problem with that. I would suggest that MLSE buying the Toronto club was both a curse and a blessing. So right. I was thinking the exact same thing this morning. Uh, my friend, because that's an entity that has bring stability, and instead it's sort of been like an ugly stepchild that they want don't want any part of. It's really too bad. On the flip side, if they can't make it work in that market, who the hell could and who's left? Well, but you know, what does make it work mean? No, no, I, yeah. I hear you, I hear you, yeah, I hear it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they have made the Raptors work tremendously. And I mean, I sort of feel like the Leafs work themselves. You know, they've even made the Marlies work TFC. Amazing story there. There's obviously a lot of smart marketers at MLSE and have been over the years. They haven't figured out the special sauce with the Canadian Football League. (laughs) And excuse me, Jonah, there's part of me that wonders whether this is the last gasp, Hail Mary, if you will, uh, to try and Fix yourself to one of the biggest movie stars in the world and finally get that young demographic that's been so wanting and so lacking in right. the CFL. And that's, in my opinion, so here's the question as a football guy. Here's, here's, I'm being serious. So okay. if you're the Seahawks or you're Tampa Bay or you're an NFL team where you have an established quarterback and in the draft this coming weekend or whenever the hell it is, you draft a quarterback. Yeah. Is he, is he going to learn more on your sidelines holding the clipboard or would he do better playing in Vancouver, Calgary, yeah. getting reps? Well, they love their reps, but of course, injury is a byproduct of reps. So of course. if you're asking me, would NFL teams be more likely to draft a quarterback high knowing there's an outlet for him to go play and develop? I think that's an open-ended question right now. I, 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 I like the way you're going. I think that's a possibility. And let's face it, quarterback 
uh, development is something right now that is difficult in the NFL. I'll take you back many, many years ago, uh, Jonah, I was watching the NFL draft. Joe Theismann was one of the analysts, of course, Toronto Argonauts to uh, Washington and a Super Bowl in the NFL. And there was a quarterback that came out after just three years at UCLA, two years on the field by the name of Tommy Maddox. And he was drafted mm-hmm. by the Denver Broncos in the first round. And Joe Theismann said, point blank, with Maddox and his agent Lee Steinberg in the chair beside them on the double-ender interview, you know, I think, young man, it would be best for you to go up to the CFL, learn this craft, learn this trade. When you come back, you will be there apparent to John Elway with the Denver Broncos and Steinberg and Maddox were just sitting there laughing at him. What the hell are you talking about? Look at the millions of dollars we're going to make holding a clipboard. I don't doubt that that enriched Tommy Maddox's life. I'm not sure that enriched Tommy Maddox's career. That's my point. And you go back to a time when the Theismans, the Moons, uh, Fluties, but there are more Garcia, Kramer, uh, Dieter Brock, all developed in the Canadian football league and then stepped in and had some degree of consequence on the position in the NFL. I just think there are massive markets in this. I hate to say it, but there's massive markets in the States that are one, one horse towns where it's football, 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 football. You drive to Miami right now. And I guarantee you all they're talking about are the dolphins. Yep. Um, yep. You know, you, you drive through green Bay. I can't imagine they're talking about much more than the Packers. Um, even in Detroit, as popular as the, as the Tigers and the Pistons and the Red Wings have been, yeah, Lions, Lions, Lions. Well, if you I gave, mean, if the Lions ever got good, they'd swallow up those teams, right? Like it's if, only been the dysfunction of the Detroit Lions that hasn't made that a bigger football town. So, so even here in Seattle, same way, right? Like, like the, the opportunity for the Kraken, I think, is so massive because there is nothing other than the Hawks. And if you can find a way to get that audience interested in games, actual games when the season's not going on, mm-hmm. massive, massive opportunity. Yep, could could well be. And then could you well you be. layer and you, that's you. The other possibility that I'm I, you know, have thought about here, Jonah, is that uh, the CFL governors and Randy Ambrosi sat around the table and said, look. The lowest rated game we have on TSN is about a half million, which is a really good Canadian television uh-huh. number. Uh, and the you know the best regular season game is probably going to come in at a million, just over a million. Um, but we can have ten million Americans watching. You know, a smaller sliver of the American pie could be much more valuable to our business if they have decided to go that route. Um, first of all, good luck with the politics of that matter and, and selling it. But from a pure, ruthless business point of view, yeah, I, I can understand if that view appealed to the guys and, around and, that and, and if you add in Joe and Jane Degenerate walking into Caesars Palace in Vegas and seeing those games up on the board. Yeah. Anyways, I will say for the last time, I am not a CFL hater. Oh, I am, I am, I am very distinction. I am very jealous of, of those markets where it's so successful because my market yeah. doesn't have it, right? Yeah. Like, oh, and I don't have it anymore here in Vancouver, Joe. I did at one point when I lived here. Um, didn't have it in Ottawa, and then all when I lived there, and then all of a sudden it, it got big there. If you haven't, go to a game at Mosaic Stadium in Regina. Like it is a Canadian cultural experience on top of a Canadian sport. So, do you expect experience. them to be playing football soon? Is that was that the the no, story? No, I I expect an abbreviated season. Uh, I think well, it's probably closer to September. Well, maybe the border will be open by then, and I'll take you up and I'll meet you up in Regina for a game. My friend, uh, we had great plans on meeting at Jason Seattle last year. I know. Which I had the good fortune of covering a newspaper and radio, but I much prefer going as a fan. And, Joan, a couple of years ago, we coined it the single largest gathering of Canadians outside of our borders on an annual basis. 20 to 25,000 Canadians invading Seattle, taking over the city and basically having like a little Canadian baseball convention amongst us. It's marvelous. I can't wait to join you for that. I was at a game, no joke, with some locals. I in my Blue Jay hat, them in their Mariners hat. And one of the Blue Jays hit a home run. And one of the Mariners fans jumped up and started cheering 
And her husband looked at her and said, what the hell are you doing? And she says, well, everyone around me was cheering. I figured it was us. <laughs> <laughs> what, what we always used to call it on radio is for that weekend, T-Mobile or Safeco before it becomes Rogers Center West. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the thing I love about it is like, you know, Gibby over the years, you can tell Gibby was just so charmed, right? That they had you these can't, games. You can't, you can't. The, the 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 biggest telling is when they sing Oh Canada and it's yeah. loud and boisterous. Yes. And then the twelve poor Mariner fans are like, What the hell is going yeah. on here? Right? Like Yeah. I yeah. think that and is going to be replic I think that's gonna be replicated by the way when certain Canadian assuming the borders open, when Canadian clubs come to Seattle to play the Kraken, I don't think it's gonna be any right. different. I think you're right. I mean, uh, I will not lie. I have participated in chance of we have health care. Clap, 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 clap. Yep. Uh, yeah. and, and what, you know, I'm sure a lot of your listeners in Toronto and other parts of the country or eastern parts of the country don't know. Seattle hates Canadians that weekend. <laughs> like, we get a bad reputation now. And it's ridiculous. So, so you know what? And drunk and coffee and all these things that Canadians typically aren't tagged with. Um, so, we so all get that in Seattle on Jay's weekend. So friend of mine, friend of friend of the show who owns seattleshirt.com, multiple locations throughout the city. He's like, people are nuts. Like, this is the best thing ever. We get 25,000 people in the city. They're staying in our hotels. They're eating in our restaurants. They're shopping in our stores. Like, yeah. don't be stupid. And by the way, the Mariners don't draw flies any other time of the year. No, right? exactly. Exactly. The, the tourism industry loves us. Uh, my friend, I'm running out of... Yeah, uh, likewise, we could go on for days, battery. as you could probably hear. He is oh, Matt Zakaris. Yeah. They're going to be announcing shortly... Uh, tomorrow. 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 Sunday. A, a, Sunday. A, a new entity that we're all going to be very excited for. I hope everybody enjoys their 4321, which is what we are today, April 3rd, 21. Uh, apparently, there are long lines in Vegas right now, people trying to get married on 4321. <laughs> if you're so inclined, please do. Please stay happy, healthy, and safe, and we'll see you next time in the press row. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.